0: This is Alyssa, and I'm Mel, and this is the Arcane Dames Podcast,
1: the Trauma-Informed,
0: Liberation-Oriented Tarot Podcast.
1: Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Arcane Dames Podcast.
0: We are coming in hot today with my literal favorite card in literally the entire deck and that is the
1: high priestess i'm so excited we're finally doing Alyssa's fave i'm so excited too so obviously i would love for you to lead the episode with some thoughts and feelings and vibes why is she your favorite we're jumping right in okay
0: let me tell you so First of all, I just want to say, like, the High Priestess is a juicy of a card. The imagery, thick, like, dense. There's so much symbolism happening. There are so many different ways to interpret this card. I think that everybody is going to have very personal associations with how they understand this card. In fact, I know Mel asked me my opinion, but I almost want to start with a quote from Benabel Wen, author of The Holistic Tarot, because I think that... Before even jumping into the High Priestess to understand how Mel and I feel about it, this is a very important point to note. She says, Note that the High Priestess card is considered by many to be one of the more difficult cards to interpret. The card itself is shrouded in mystery, and therefore its meaning will vary widely from practitioner to practitioner. Intensive study of this card is recommended to the serious practitioner so that a personal bond and understanding can be formed.
1: Thank you for opening with that. Definitely relevant. You know, I feel like we haven't done... I mean, of course, we recently did the Hierophant, which is inherently religious, but we haven't done a card this... Rich in imagery since like the Wheel of Fortune. Mm. There's a lot, and obviously the name, like the High Priestess itself is a concept and is could go religious, could go break in the norms, could go woo-woo intuitive, you are your own high priestess. Yeah. So there is a lot of different ways to see it.
0: And with the heavy association that she has with the moon, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, call back to two episodes ago. We just talked about the moon. The high priestess is she has a crescent moon always represented on her lower left side, the right side of the card. And in Rider Waite Smith, she's wearing a hat that shows the three phases of the moon. Astrologically speaking, the planet she's associated with is the moon. And so there is this like, Depth and mystery associated with the card And so there's always kind of going to be that like What is it really Mm -hmm. feeling when you're talking about the High Priestess Which... Is part of what makes it so fun,
1: oh, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that it can be like, it can very much be a pivot point in a reading. Mm. Because it's, um you know, actually, I'm going to go quotey on you too. Yes. So a lot of times when I draw this card for myself or for another, it is the pivot point of a reading. And what I mean by that is it's the point in which things start to become Clear, like it'll be like oh that's what it resonates for mm. for example yeah or it'll be like oh i'm searching really externally for an answer that's only within because it can especially with the cards around it it can be like a message of trusting divine and like waiting for divine timing for me mm. but then it can also be this indicator that like you literally already have the answer and maybe you should examine why you feel the need to ask. Right. So I'll summarize how I feel through someone else's quote, Jessica Dore, Tarot for Change. I quote this book like every episode lately. It's just so good. The high priestess sits at the threshold of that moment when you realize you should be listening. Ooh. Listening not just for words, listening in a different way than you have been. Rachel Pollack writes that the magician and high priestess represent an original splitting between the conscious and unconscious. The unconscious is that which runs counter to conscious awareness, so it's slippery by nature, but when you see the high priestess in a spread, the card is often an indicator that something in the room is either not being said or may require a bit of decoding. And that ties back to how I relate it to the moon card because right. I think that the moon can be about deception. Yeah. So I loved that quote. Yeah. I, I just think that, I think this is going to be an interesting episode because the high priestess, for me at least, probably is the single card in the deck that has the most different meanings or outcomes.
0: Yeah. Yeah so
1: slay i i love that so much i do love how
0: much secrecy and deception came up when i was researching for this card very much like this archetype of like the dark feminine i think emerges yeah from the high priestess Mm -hmm. which i love so much and you know, it wasn't the exact words that Pollock used in uh, 78 Degrees of Wisdom when she described this card, but she describes it as like, <laughs> I feel so bad you asked me what my interpretation was, and I just started jumping into everybody else's. <laughs> I do have my own take on this card, but look we'll at there. When Rachel Pollock described it in 78 Degrees of Wisdom, she basically says that like, the High Priestess and the Empress are the two like female archetypes in the yeah. major arcana, right? Yep. And so it kind of splits like femininity into two. And the Empress is the safe one. Huh. The Empress is motherhood, nurturing. Like she's so she gives us so much grace. She's forgiving. She's this benevolent archetype. And the High Priestess is dangerous. We don't trust her because she has this intuition that we don't understand. And she has this knowledge and this power that we're afraid of. And like fucking, of course, I'm obsessed with that.
1: Uh How could you not be obsessed with that? Uh It's literally like, oop. A woman in power, a woman of her own authority, let's be afraid, like one hundred percent. It's like <laughs> in just like historically thinking too,
0: like the fear that we have around feminine knowledge and feminine power. And I think the fear of that that went into the development of this very card to even frame feminine knowledge as something like dark and mysterious and spooky. Mm-hmm. That is just so fascinating to me. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want to embody that. You should be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to go back to why I'm so personally obsessed with this card is because the High Priestess, to me, one of my favorite like associations or understandings of this card is that the High Priestess encapsulates both Somebody who is deeply connected to their intuition, to the spiritual side of life, to their inner knowing and spirit. Somebody who's very divinely guided.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The combination of that with knowledge, external knowledge. Mm-hmm. So she's in Rider Wait Smith. She's holding a scroll that says Torah on it. So there's like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the Torah, the Jewish Bible. Your it's this like external knowing of history and religion Mm -hmm. a lot of my favorite images just show her holding like a book of some sort I think that for me it's so much more than just her having this external religious knowledge it's it's her having the external knowledge of science of history of the just the reality of the world around us, mm-hmm. really understanding what people think and do in their day-to-day lives, how mm-hmm. most people tend to understand the world. Like, you know, I'm a sociologist. To me, like, mm-hmm. the knowledge that the high priestess has is of how the world works. It's of power structures. It's of systems of oppression and the history of that, and the truth of that, and being able to take all of that knowledge—that no intuition is going to tell you that that stuff exists, right. right? This is this is external knowledge that is so important to have. And I am someone that knowledge mm-hmm. is very, very, very fucking important to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think sometimes in spirituality, people don't always value that. Yeah and for me big problem it's a huge part of my life of course um and what i love and what i think is important so i'm obsessed with the high priestess because she has both and she puts them together to be the wisest just most trustworthy bitch in the tarot and it's i see her as very trustworthy because i see that she is pulling the information from two Places that I think are very deeply important, and I think other people may see her as dark and mysterious and even untrustworthy because they don't understand how somebody could have so much information, so mm. much understanding, so much knowledge. But I think that the High Priestess tells us that that knowledge, that amplified, that amplified type of knowledge, where. You're not just book smart. You're not just spitting out facts. It really comes from being connected to your intuition as well and understanding things on a more intuitive level, having a connection with the universe, the divine, the bigger picture, the deeper picture, like whatever that is, as well as the textbook understanding of things. And since she has both, that's why she's so fucking powerful. Yeah. that's why I love her.
1: I think that's what I love so much about her too, is that it's not just intelligence, it's wisdom. And I feel that I maybe relate to her or integrate her into my life that way because I think that people who have a very, like, limited life experience or very privileged life experience Mm – aren't necessarily drawing this card right like it's like about because you're not just book smart you're not just smart because of the institutions that have favored you yeah you're smart and scrappy and wise because you've had to essentially function in spite of them like here she is existing between these pillars that are from solomon's temple in the bible and she's just thriving and she's got the triple goddess crown and doesn't give a fuck 100%
0: 100% like right the triple goddess crown of the three moon phases that represent like maiden mother crone. so mm-hmm. there's this like you understand the more jovial side of life you understand all of those phases of life and you have like the wisdom of the crown phase as well it's like embodying all three in one
1: right I have touched on this in recent episodes but like a teaching that I very much appreciate like in Wicca is that you know like masculine feminine framing of things and I think it can be harmful on the surface but it can be useful if you use it that way and I really appreciate the idea of that triple goddess and and that phase that you you go through in your life and the phases that the moon goes through and how it connects and how it, you know, we're aligning with something and syncing with something that's very natural but also very sacred. Mm. And I think that you have to, in order to like embody this intuitive energy, you have to essentially get to the point that you can strip it back to what feels natural. Mm. And I think that that is the most sacred thing like any of us can do. Yeah. And I think that so much of modern life is doing things that aren't natural. Yes. Whether we know it or not. And so I love the high priestess for not abiding by that.
0: You're like, okay, you're reminding me of a Rachel Pollack quote. But the Rachel Pollack quote that I pulled that I wanted to talk about in this episode is very much related to this question that i had coming into the high priestess episode and the question that i had was essentially like the high priestess she's such a badass she carries so much wisdom she's this like you know my favorite feminine archetype in the tarot she's you know one of the two most powerful feminine archetypes in the tarot so like it's this huge card this huge energy of like intuition and knowing and understanding and yet it is only number two Mm -hmm. in the major arcana. And so I can't, like, I have some ideas about what that is and, like, why that is. But I also wanted, like, maybe some insight externally to answer that question as well. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll I'll read what Rachel says and then I'll share my interpretation of that as well.
1: Hell yeah.
0: So she's talking about the connection that the high priestess has to the unconscious, and that's through her connection to the moon and through her connection to water, which if you look at the traditional Pamela Coleman Smith painting, she's got this like tapestry hanging behind her. But if you look kind of through the tapestry, you can see that what's behind her is water. And it almost, I I believe it was Wen that pointed out, it almost looks like her Is kind of turning into water toward the end of it as well. So she says, for most of us at times, the turbulent unconscious remains hidden under a placid layer of consciousness. We cannot enter the temple because we do not know how to go into ourselves. Therefore, we must travel through the trumps until we reach the star and the moon where we can finally stir up the waters and return with the wisdom to the conscious light of the sun. Yeah. And I'm so obsessed with that because that answers the question for me in a way, which is kind of like how I I answered it for myself before reading that, which was that like, You know, if we're going along the fool's journey, when we hit number two in the major arcana, the fool does not become the high priestess. The fool meets the high priestess. The fool meets somebody who has this intense wisdom and balance of dark and light and understanding of the different sides of the universe and reality that almost embodies this like psychic archetype, which I think that the high priestess very much lends itself to of being like a counselor or an advisor along his journey. And then to go on through the journey himself is not to become the high priestess, but is to experience gaining knowledge as she has done and to experience gaining intuition as she has done. And that intuition piece is absolutely through the moon card that we just covered, right? Yeah. But I think that that relates very heavily to what you were saying as well, Because, right, it shows that there's something on the surface that most of us are very comfortable staying at that surface level and keeping everything else under wraps. And the high priestess blows that out of the water. And that's where her power comes from. Like, I think most of us think that our power, at least at some point in our lives, think that our power comes from our ability to keep it all together, from our ability to appear a certain way, to put off a certain... Persona, so that people respect us and take us seriously. And the high priestess says, Absolutely not. My power comes from me being so fucking real and from that place of realness and truth being able to have a knowledge that i can share with you that is so far above what you could even imagine
1: right and like to be that much like in control of your autonomy is so inspiring i mean that's all we ever want and that's i think it's very relevant to mention that like for most people setting out on a spiritual journey that is the goal mm. like whatever However they may put it and whatever words they may put it in, that's like ultimately what we're all trying to do by pursuing this path of like intuitive and intentional exploration of ourselves. And so I think that she really plants that seed for the fool, as you said, or the person who is considering the major arcana as they go through their life or the person who is getting a tarot reading and receives this card. Yeah. You know, so I have another quote. This is such a quote-heavy episode. I love it. (laughs) Easy tarot handbook, Josephine Ellershaw. The high priestess also carries the message of potential as yet unexplored or perhaps unfulfilled. Look at the situation again as you may have missed something previously. And like that is such a simple little blurb, but I think it speaks to this idea of like, this is just when you meet the possibilities this is the moment where you're like because think about the card before the magician right it's tactile it's work it's Mm -hmm. it's like shutting everything else off and just doing
0: yeah
1: and like grasping at what you can do like not even necessarily the doing yet honestly but like the planning to do and realizing you have the ability to do and then the high priestess is like you also have the ability to know And you don't just have to be scrappy, like, and you are also inherently good enough at the tools you're wielding, with the tools you're wielding, because you're inherently good enough. And there's, like, there's this deeper, unshakable groundedness to the card for me, although it is in a spiritual, like, psycho-spiritual way, because it's reminding you and I think this is why it comes so early to like answer your question. Yeah. In the major arcana. I think it's because like you need to have hope that you can get to that point where you feel good enough yourself that you don't need the validation, you don't need the external approval, you don't need the religion represented to abide by. You don't need any of it. Yeah. You can just be good enough because you're you and not because of all the things you are and the decisions you make and the the work that you can output yeah and so i think it's really important that it comes up that early because you know that seed gets planted and and as we continue through the major arcana through the whole deck through this work it grows yeah
0: i am obsessed with that i think that that is so true to the way that i have experienced the high priestess in my own practice like coming to tarot I latched on to her immediately, and i I was like, I want to embody this archetype. I will do anything to to embody this archetype. I want to feel that way. I want to be seen that way. and I also know that in those early stages of connecting with spirituality and even before that, even in my life up and up until that point, like... I would meet these people that just seemed to know things that I couldn't know, seemed to have this sense of understanding of the world that gave them this peace and security that, and I was just so envious and curious and like, what the fuck is your secret, man? Like, and then coming to spirituality, having that absolutely amplified by The books that I was reading and the people that I was seeing online who, again, project this just like knowledge and understanding and worldview and confidence, but not in a cocky way at all, just in a secure way where I'm just I was just sitting in awe from my place as somebody who had no sense of self, absolutely no confidence, you know, Who had just walked through my life Until I was like 25 years old Being like Everybody knows more than me And everybody is better at everything Than me and I I think I just felt like nothing For a really long time And it always seemed like everybody else had something that I didn't have. And so coming to spirituality was, it was, it was so important that I was able to recognize this archetype and the role that it had been playing in my life because it did give me something to build toward. It gave me words to give to the universe. So I could say, I want to be the high priestess Help me get there And put things in my path That are going to give me This power Because I want it And so yeah 100% 100%
1: Yeah Like one of the bullet points I wrote down In just my own notes For today Is figuring out What you want Like it's not It's not that Oh you're at card number two And you're fully realized And you've achieved it It's literally like The high priestess Has shown you That you are capable of that and that's like the first time you realize it right like that's the first time you see that that's the goal for you you see that that's the end in sight you keep your eye on the prize now like so absolutely i love that i agree with that i think she's a great role model of the tarot you know like You want to be like her. Yeah. You want to come up as her.
0: Especially if you're learning the tarot and you want to become a tarot card reader or you're interested in having like... Any role in giving guidance to other people. Like, I think that this is an archetype that so many of us latch onto because she is this like strong, wise, knowledgeable person. Like, she is in a lot of ways the archetype of the psychic.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe you feel this is a random time for me to mention this, but it's really all I'm thinking about. This company that I love, please sponsor me, Canna Style, did a tarot collection and their like, the products that they had with the high priestess on it, so, like, it was the high priestess, and she was smoking, which is so sly because, like, you know, it not to be such a stoner, bro, and have a stoner thought, but, like, you do, like, unlock that level of thought, and, like, you know, a lot of people use weed in their magic and spirituality for that reason, me being one of them. Yeah. That, like, you, you unlock intuition that, like, is just not normally there, okay? Like, it's a heightened state of consciousness, like, you're working with herbs. Like, there's no shame in that. There's so many things that you can add in to support that. Big fan of mugwort. And I, I love it. I-, I think that that is something that can really help with intuition if you're a little more skilled in your practice and, and like, looking for ways to enhance it. That's been my experience. And she is my high priestess. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I, as much as like, I obviously like, I don't smoke weed at this current point in my life because I have said on the podcast before, I don't like what it does to me and how it feels for me. Yeah. When I was first connecting with spirituality, I was a stoner. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I've ever communicated that point before, (laughs) but um, I, I absolutely was and I think that that did play a significant role in me coming to all of this. And I don't, it's not something I'm like reaching for these days. But I do think that at that time in my life, it really did open my perspective that was otherwise very closed to something bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps you could tell me how you think of her in reverse absolutely
0: so for me in reverse typically when the high priestess comes out reverse it's just like it's not having that like personal power in a lot of ways yet where you're claiming the intuitive side of your mind and letting yourself use what you know externally in combination with that to really make like decisions for your highest good and and be your most like realized and actualized self which i think is you know specifically and i know that i'm a broken record because i always say this but if the card's there the energy is a potential for you if it's on the table then the energy is present there's just a block or something so specifically the high priestess would come out in reverse for somebody who should be tapping into that energy yeah when this is a time that you are going to want to be trying to connect with the high priestess energy but the message stands that you are unable to do that for some reason. So I'm, you know, in reverse, I'm asking, do you feel connected to your intuition? Do you feel secure in the knowledge that you have? Do you feel well-informed? Mm-hmm. Do you Are you able to trust those things? Are you able to communicate those things? Like, those are the questions that I'm asking because I think – somewhere in all of that one of the answers is going to be no if Mm -hmm. she's in reverse
1: yeah i think that the high priestess reversed in that same vein can also be a wake-up call Mm -hmm. like what you're doing is not working let's try something different yeah do you really think that you're actually aligned with what you want and what you feel because you're not like there is some better way for you to just like connect to your inner knowing. Right. I'll use this example way back from season one, our judgment card episode. I was recently just like watching our old TikToks and I like reheard this quote, which that I said, which was a quote this, from me. This Mel quote. <laughs> <laughs> this Mel of Wands quote, where she was like, <laughs> no, nah, I was like, I strayed so far from my own intuition that like my body knew, my symptoms knew. But like my brain didn't know yeah so even though I had that gut feeling I was so disconnected from it that I translated it into something else and it contributed to me being in a very bad situation yeah so my point in bringing that up now is like to anyone struggling to connect with their intuition my advice and my encouragement is always like it's not that you don't have intuitive hits and pulls. I think everyone does. It's the fact that you can't interpret them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. it's it's like and this is how I very much explain like any type of spirit communication whether it's other spirits or your higher self in this case it's your higher self. When you're trying to receive communication from that source It's like tuning your brain like the knob on your car radio. If you are point two away from the radio station, you might hear it, but it's really fuzzy and distorted. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the true station and it becomes clear. Yeah, That's what I see as the process for someone who's pulling the high priestess in reverse. I think that you're, like, for me... What I explained from that time in my life in the Judgment Card episode was like, you know, I was around these people all the time and my stomach hurt. I would get sick to my stomach and I literally convinced myself it was butterflies and it was exciting. But I, in hindsight, realized that was my intuition telling me I wasn't safe there. And something I've been really adapting into my life now is like when someone tells you something whether that's through actions or words believe them the first time like don't let people fool you twice don't let people fuck you over twice and that could be applied to your own higher self as well like when your higher self is communicating something to you to your mind to your body don't make her tell you twice like There's a reason you're having this reaction. Right. And even if you can't make sense of it at first, that's something to explore, not ignore. Yeah, And that's the advice of this card is to like not just not take anything you think or feel for granted. And like that there is a deeper beating to all of it. Yes.
0: I love that. That makes me think of two things the first is something that rachel pollack said in 78 degrees of wisdom about this card her like passage about this card is one of her longest passages for any card so there was a it was juicy there was a lot in there and she said about the high priestess people who only know action never get a chance to reflect on what that action has taught them oh passivity allows the unconscious to emerge yes
1: it does
0: 100 percent. so the high priestess has this like patience this like very intentional very divine patience to actually let messages make themselves clear uh-huh. you know the high priestess that bitch meditates bro because she knows that that's the only way to make space for the information to come through
1: and if patience is not one of the absolute tenets of practical witchcraft and magic practice and spiritual journey i don't know what is yeah and god it's so fucking hard so again you're not mastering it at this level you're realizing that it is something to master 100 There there is something to hear there is something to learn
0: and truly i think that i mean this is maybe like a, a smidge beyond the scope of the message that the high priestess itself carries but i think something to keep in mind is that when you are trying to connect with patients, that's a very earth energy skill. So as much as maybe you see high priestess and you're thinking crown chakra and you're thinking, you know, divine information, intuition, third eye, like divine knowing all of that. If you're trying only to connect with that you are never going to be the high priestess you have to start with your roots and building up that patience comes from knowing that you're safe that Mm -hmm. patience comes from knowing that you have plenty of time Mm -hmm. and you own like on a body level not on a mind level telling yourself that is never going to get you there you have to teach your body that Mm. and then once you've learned that body patience then you can actually see and understand and interpret the information that's coming to you Mm
1: -hmm. beautiful beautifully said you know in that way I think she does help you unite the magic and the mundane a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because, like... Absolutely. I agree. And she's a master of both. Yeah. And that only contributes to her power. I agree. Before we get any further, I'll read what A.E. Waite has to say. Amazing. The High Priestess. Secrets, mystery, the future as yet unrevealed. The woman who interests the querent, if male. The querent, if female. (laughs) Of course. Silence, <laughs> tenacity, wisdom, science. Reversed. This is so weird, by the way. Passion, moral, physical ardor, conceit, surface knowledge. So basically, like, upright, it's a sex symbol if you're a man. It's intuition and wisdom if you're a female. And then reversed, it's just you're shallow and you don't connect to that intuition, which is a crazy way of, like, yeah, just wording it. But that's what I picked up from his definition. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's really
0: funny to, like, reduce the high priestess to an object of desire. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I think that it's very indicative of, like, a misogynistic male authored tarot. Exactly. I think that it's very much like, you know, the high priestess and the empress who we'll get to in a couple of weeks – being these two feminine archetypes are very much like, you know, there are two ways a woman can be.
1: <laughs> I love the Madonna whore complex. <laughs> Literally. Just I don't love that's that, exactly but... what it is, though. It is. Like, and that's. Oh, that's such the crux of this card with other things that A.E. Waite has been quoted saying. I was reading on Wikipedia about like the religious symbols and stuff, and I came across this passage that mentioned how he's been quoted calling the high priestess the Virgin Mary.
0: There's huge Virgin Mary imagery and correlations in the card. And there's also it's like the ISIS iconography as well with the maiden right. mother crone, the the triple moon, and kind of this conflation of like the Virgin Mary with ISIS, which is so interesting. But it's also actually like you know I, I won't go into too much detail because if you want to read seventy eight degrees of wisdom, and I think we all should, you can. But Rachel Pollack does a really good job of exploring like the evolution of how for so long in Western, you know, European spirituality, there were only masculine archetypes allowed in religion. Mm -hmm. And so basically the way she phrases it is like, it was so fucking persistent that people wanted a feminine archetype that the Catholic church was forced to elevate the Virgin Mary archetype essentially to the same status as jesus and that's what we see now right and that's what you and i have been talking about on this podcast is like the piece of catholicism that still sticks with us is how much like my grandmothers worshipped mary and like that's exactly what it is is that like yeah people refused to let go of and not have a feminine divine figure to honor but also it's like with the tarot them trying to create these these feminine religious archetypes from a a male patriarchal point of view
1: right and how interesting is it that like virgin mary's a virgin right she's birthing jesus but she wouldn't dare have sex no no but then when we look at the, you know, very broadly, I'm just going to say spiritual concept of what a goddess is, it's almost like the antithesis of that. Like you can be, you can have sex, you can be in touch with your sexuality. Actually, that makes you all the more powerful. It doesn't negate your power. Yeah. So yeah, this polarity, this, you know, opportunity to be both and. Right. Instead of either or. And in terms of my spiritual practice and reclaiming my Catholic roots and, you know, kind of transforming them into folk magic, as we also talked about recently on the podcast. How powerful is it to basically combine the two? Like, you don't have to be Virgin Mary, but you don't have to be, like, full-town whore. (laughs) Like, you can have a little bit of both. Like, you could carry that energy. Again, everything in moderation. Yeah. Like... Great personality, inspo again. Put well, her on right, the board,
0: people, <laughs> and I think just the reality is that we never are one or the other of yeah. those things. You, you can't be like we are not. You know, patriarchy wants us to believe that women are one-dimensional and it's just not true like men get to be multifaceted and women have to fit a role and that's just not how reality works that's not how any of us experience ourselves so so yeah I think I think at her best interpretation the interpretation that is is real and makes more sense this archetype is I mean again like you have the the black and white pillars you have the faces of of life represented you have all of this knowledge and information like if you're even if you just think about how like in the bible the story of like adam and eve and all of genesis is like how pursuing knowledge is like evil you know the high priestess has so much knowledge so she is that it's this sense that like knowledge spoils your purity And she is spoiled, quote unquote, because she has the knowledge, but she's not representing purity, but she has so much power. Mm hmm it's a Mm sly
1: like i just love the idea that she represents like you can just be the full authority on yourself and Mm. also still be seen as wise and a figurehead for others and like respectable enough to be a role model and but like she also doesn't she doesn't compromise or hide herself to like do that
0: right because really like so often as women we're told that our power comes from shrinking ourselves
1: or like you know maybe this is a little bit of a departure from the high priestess and i said it in a joking tone before but like the reality that like you can talk about sex you can be sexual you can be you know like thinking about her compared to the empress like you can be powerful and heard and respected without being that mother archetype right
0: And and be fully human at the same time. And be fully human and be fully you. And independent. Yeah. She stands alone. Oh, she's my girl.
1: She's all about figuring it out and being in the trenches of seeing what it is you really want and then doing everything you can to go after it. I think there's a lot of inherent uh, unfolding and fulfillment and discovery to be had when you go into that deeper intuition. Absolutely
0: right yeah I think like for that reason and for what Wen said about like meeting her early on your journey and then needing to go through like the star and the moon and like all the other major arcana to really understand the high priestess and like be more in that place yourself like I think that the high priestess herself has been through so much has had all of those experiences perhaps or even if she hasn't experienced them herself she she understands them based on a combination of what she knows about the world, what she accepts to be true about the world, and what she knows intuitively. She I feel like there's a lot of acceptance from the high priestess of what is, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think all of us like fundamentally struggle with on some level is like we hide things from ourselves truths collectively and individually we have the collective unconscious and we have our personal unconscious right we hide truths because we can't accept them because for some reason to accept them would shatter our current understanding of the world it would shatter the ego we've constructed for ourselves the persona we've created for ourselves all of the things that we grasp onto to make us feel safe like there are fundamental truths of reality yeah. that can't coexist with those safety structures we've built for ourselves. So we don't accept them. We don't let ourselves look at them. And that's why they exist in the unconscious. Right.
1: Like, cause some people can't handle that and yeah. so, not just, in the moment some people never are able to handle that and they stay in the willing dark their whole lives and they never dig deeper and they never really get in touch with they truly want and who they truly are and that's sad
0: it i mean it's 100 percent. it's also the way that our society is literally built like we are taught that that is The way that we're supposed to be is to not ask questions like there's you know, there are some questions that it's just not appropriate to ask. There are some things that it's just not appropriate to know. And the high priestess, she pushes past all of that. And because she does that, she has this massive amount of acceptance for humanity like mankind and like human nature Mm. she isn't afraid of the things that most people are afraid of about ourselves like i think that that's a huge piece of the high priestess is that she sees it she knows it she understands it and she accepts it Mm. and because she's able to do that she's just like it's like brain exploding like crown chakra exploding like how much more information could you process from the divine if you weren't keeping secrets from yourself?
1: Oh my God, that's so true.
0: I love her. And, you know, it's it's not to say, like. I think I will just go on record saying I think we all do this. I think we all keep secrets yeah. from ourselves. And I think that there are things in the collective unconscious that like even the most enlightened people have yet to let themselves see or have yet to fully like integrate. I don't I don't think that this is a process that like you get there and you're done. Yeah. You always have to choose to do it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think that in in a sense there are people who are like interested in that process and people who just have fundamentally shut that door.
1: Right. I shared something on my story last night that was very high priestess energy. I wanted to pull it up to get the exact quote. It was literally just a meme, but I felt it in the depths of my soul. (laughs) Does my sincerity make you nervous? I feel like that's what the high priestess is asking. Because again, like some some people can't handle it. Not only you knowing truths about them, And the universe around them because, of course, if they haven't accessed that, it's going to be uncomfortable for them. But they're even uncomfortable with you knowing truths about yourself. Like, if you're sure of yourself, you will intimidate the person who's not. Like, it's 100%. And, like, I hate to be like, oh, if someone's being mean to you, they're just jealous. But, damn, sometimes it's true.
0: Oh, sometimes it's absolutely true. And sometimes... I mean, it's so much more, you know, it's so much more complicated than that because we're all so complicated. But, like, right, sometimes they don't even know that they're jealous or they don't even know that, like, you've hit a nerve of their insecurity because you weren't afraid to say something out loud that they have been hiding their entire fucking life yep. like that's that's how we trigger each other right that's yep. how we that's how we do it mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i have a student at my day job that basically this was just yesterday at work and she did something very mean to a fellow student and then and like we were like whoa what the fuck, and like timed out and like explain to her why that wasn't okay yeah and then this is like a second grader like I was amazed it took her about 15 minutes and then she pulled me aside and was like I've had the same thing done to me by another kid and like I the way she explained it was interesting too she was like I have ADHD and I just like forgot how that feels to like she's in second grade I was like Oh, my God. So, like, she literally hurt someone else with something that has hurt her before. So, again, like, those unconscious, like, triggers yeah. that you talking about. But she had her high priestess moment and realized it in 15 minutes. This little kid. I was like, wow. I was so proud. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel... Th- I-
0: That's amazing. I feel like that's also the power of not having a lifetime of coping skills between you and, (laughs) like, fucked up coping skills between you and the solution to the problem. Like, when you're an adult, I feel like it takes you so much longer because you're like, no, I have built this very secure wall and i worked really hard on it and i've spent a lot of time trying to like construct this thing to keep me safe and now you're just telling me i have to take it down but when you're a kid it's just like you know you can take a minute and process and you don't have to work through that lifetime of shit
1: but like how incredible is it that that actually means children's intuition is stronger most of the time
0: absolutely like
1: i fully 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 believe that children are able to see and commune with like the dead more easily than us i believe that they are much more connected to the spiritual realm than us as we grow and have been taught and of course just inherently as they are children and we are adults they are generations ahead of us so they are having the opportunity to be brought up without being forced to put up that wall yeah. and like that's why that moment was so revolutionary for me and I'm, I'm glad that I got to say it on the podcast even though I had to be very vague in general <laughs> because it's like well that shows me that I'm doing my job and teaching her the right thing that she's not starting to put that wall up because yeah. I don't teach just any kids I teach a very specific demographic and most of them come from very broken homes as did I so yes she may be young and she may be like have that going for her but at the same time because of She's already been through. A lot of kids at that age who get abused and, and live in poverty, etc. and are neglected already have that wall up by yeah. like age seven. So I was like, oh, like we have an opportunity to still yeah. <laughs> to still help her out through Absolutely. this. And I was like, wow, that that rocks. So, but yeah, that it's, it's that ability to disconnect from, from the larger societal norms perpetuated onto us. And I think that is reflected so well in the imagery with the way she stands out and in this abundant fruit and in this full color against these like black and white pillars of religious institution. And oh God, it's just, it's a beautiful representation of that. Absolutely. I,
0: yeah, I mean, I I just love bringing how connected kids are into the conversation because I, I think it's not just like intuition and intuitive knowing that kids are better with, but it's also seeing the truth of things. Oh, kids love to just blurt out that truth. Like they. I love it. You know, we. Social conditioning is literally us. Like in the beginning, when you're a little kid, people tell you, you know, something that is blatantly untrue. And you're like, that's not true. What the fuck? And then over and over again, you are sanctioned for asking the question you're sanctioned for saying that you disagree somebody tells you the sky's red 600 times and yells at you for saying it's blue every time eventually you're just gonna say the sky's red and you're gonna have to do something in your own heart to make it okay for you to agree that the sky's red
1: because you will never get their validation if they're set on misunderstanding you i like you you
0: have to build structures in your mind build structures in your body so you so you can agree with the rest of society and kids haven't done that yet
1: i know
0: so when something is socially unacceptable they don't know that they just say the fucking truth and i like kids are terrifying for that reason like i can't tell you how many times i've been triggered by my nieces who just say shit and i get so fucking triggered because i'm like you're not allowed to say that I work so hard to, like, hide things about myself from the world and you're just going to call it out like that? Like, what the hell? And, you know, not consciously, not me being, like... Yeah. I don't want you to say the truth, but that's that's how it feels. Sure. Every time it happens is like this terror
1: mm-hmm.
0: of like being exposed <laughs> because there there are just things that we we hide from ourselves, right? Yeah. In, in our unconscious. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. kids are great for that. They're so crazy and they're so they're so fucking smart.
1: I love it. I appreciate the like maybe this is a weird thing to say, but I genuinely appreciate the, you know, side of it where you're sharing that that's like triggering to you because like, even if you don't know it consciously. Because one, I think that's how triggers work a lot of the time. You don't consciously know about it until it's happened. Yeah. And two, though, I'm sure there's plenty of people, and this is the point that I'm at, that are refreshed by that. And I think that's part of the reason I love kids. Yeah. It doesn't feel triggering to me anymore. It actually feels comforting. Like, it takes this weight off my shoulders. I- I so appreciate it. I so love it. And even if I get dragged, I'm like, that was either really grounding and I needed to hear it or like, it was a lesson to teach them like there's benefit in it no matter what. And I just like, I think that's such a slang. Like that's the thing about the truth is like, of course it's, it's going to hurt some people, but it's not a bad like thing. Like it's not, it it has good intentions, even if it hurts people.
0: Well, I just, even like good intentions, I just think it's neutral. I think it's, I think the truth is so much more neutral than Mm -hmm. we, than we let it be. Like Mm -hmm. we hear, something true and we immediately need to assign good or bad to it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it just is, man. It just fucking is. And that's like, to me, that's what the high priestess is, is is she can accept the truth. She's not saying... She's not making value judgments. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think that value judgments are anywhere in the High Priestess card. Yeah. Like we ha- we have justice, we have the judgment card like later on in the tarot mm-hmm. to do that for us. Mm-hmm. The High Priestess is about the truth. Yeah. And seeing it for what it is.
1: Yeah.
0: And and the knowledge and the power that comes from that, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I obviously think that's a very useful thing, and I'm sure that many people will agree with you. I think that the truth is inherently positive. I know, you love the truth. Um, <laughs> and I think that its relevance to the High Priestess is that to speak to the fact that it's so early in the Major Arcana and then we get some of these, like, justice Judgmenty judgment vibes. It's like, this is the point at which you realize you can align yourself with the truth and then like by the time you make it to the judgment card for me it's whether or not you stuck it out and committed to that like successfully did be that truest version of yourself that most honest version of yourself the most because the judgment card to me is like end of the line are you a good or you're or a bad person are you going to heaven are you going to hell judgment day like cath the catholic resonance and again I I, it's crazy that we're referencing this episode so much go listen to it it's like our third episode ever I think but yeah that's that's how it is for me and that's how I you know it's not just an experience it's a belief that's what I believe based on what I've been through yeah and so I think that yeah like this And again, in the spiritual sense, where the high priestess is a moment of awakening for someone for some of us, it represents a true spiritual like awakening and this this place of realizing that there is a deeper intuition at all to tap into. And so it's that's not saying that's not at the point where you choose, like, use it for good or use it for evil. It's just the point where you realize it's a thing you can access at all. I I think yeah and then you can kind of you know you're either cut out for it or you're not (laughs) like
0: (laughs) cut out for what
1: like walking in your truth like Mm. being connected to your inner higher self yeah do I think everyone's capable of it of course I don't think everyone wants that no absolutely not. I think so many people choose to walk in ignorance because like you said it is easier yeah it is it's more comfortable it's less hard work
0: i mean yeah i think i just and maybe this isn't like a high priestess related conversation but i think that like generally being open to the truth i think is like a very good and powerful thing Mm -hmm. but i also think that as like a value judgment of somebody's goodness or badness being related to their ability to connect with truth I don't necessarily align with that. And I yeah. also don't really align with, like, the judgment card having to do with a a right. good or bad, like, heaven or hell yeah. judgment. I, I very much more see that card as being, like, a, a card of self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment where everything is, you know, laid bare and you can see... I do very much think it's a card of truth in the sense of, like, right, the people on it are naked. And like like we said, y'all can go back and listen Listen to the the episode episode because it's a great episode. (laughs) But, right, it's this moment of kind of, like, the smoke and mirrors being, like, taken away so you can see and really, like, evaluate what's been going on. I guess I think that, like, like the high priestess herself, you can, I guess, like, live in your truth and still make... Decisions to hurt other people, and Mm -hmm. conversely to that, you can very much hide the truth from yourself and still live your life in a way where you're trying to either not hurt or hurt other people. Like, you don't have to be fully self actualized to prioritize either fucking other people over Mm -hmm. or like really try to live a life where you're not hurting anyone or you're actively helping people, Mm -hmm. and you can do that with understanding truth as well. And I think that that's what I mean when I, I see the truth as a very neutral thing mm-hmm. and that I do think that there's just so much power in accepting truth mm-hmm. because it lets you be so much more informed with your decisions. Mm-hmm. And then you still have complete free will yeah. to make quote unquote good decisions, quote unquote bad decisions, whatever. But you have a more empowered understanding because you, 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 did come at it from a place of truth mm-hmm. because you let the truth in and so now you can really know what you're doing versus not letting the truth in and maybe every single day you wake up with the best intentions but since you're hiding something from yourself mm-hmm. it's still hurting people mm-hmm. you know sometimes I feel like we're very much saying the same thing but we're just like a little bit like
1: like side swiping each other on right? The side, right it's really funny that is very <laughs> funny um yeah exactly <laughs>
0: If you enjoy the Arcane Dames podcast and want to support us, consider becoming a patron.
1: With tier options ranging from $1 to $20 a month, there is something for everyone.
0: We offer ad-free episodes, bonus content, a bustling Discord community, live events, and even discounts on private readings with Mel and Alyssa.
1: Your support truly makes this podcast possible. Check out patreon.com slash arcane dames. Thank you. Do you have any good imagery?
0: I do. I have a lot of good imagery. Let's fucking hear it. I want to start with Taylor Swift. So it's like rep era Taylor in like a red cloak dress, but like huge slit, legs out.
1: Legs
0: out. On a like a throne of sorts. And the background is split into black and white. And then on either side is like. Kind of like a pillar but candles on top so they're gold and then on the white side is the black candle and on the black side is the white candle so it's giving like yin and yang. Yeah. On the white candle is also like the newspaper reputation like print mm-hmm. and she's sipping tea of course <laughs> and she's got like snake jewelry on her hand. So yeah badass like dark feminine. Yeah. Shit. I, like, I love the black and white split and it's very much like it's it's a very like sexy card which you don't always get a sexy depiction of the high priestess i know
1: but um, i love it like that i think more of them should be sexy uh, agreed
0: i would like to see more leg
1: yeah. in the high priestess in general of course um but
0: it's also like i mean yeah like you think about reputation era and taylor was just like i feel like that was kind of the most honest version of taylor that we ever got
1: And hopefully it's coming back. Yeah.
0: I do hope that. (laughs) Do you have any other cards, any other imageries or any imageries you haven't even said any yet?
1: In my Guido Tarot deck that I created, I made Snooki the High Priestess because she is literally the authority of the house, baby girl. It's her holding shit down. She made the show what it was. I could Mm. pick no other character for the High Priestess we would have nothing without her. So I got Snooki with her classic poof, her classic cheetah print dress, and she is throwing her hands up in the club and that is my high priestess for real. Honorable mention would be the Gilded Tarot because it is a sexy, skin showing, unafraid to be, expressive and like desired and unapologetically herself type of high priestess which varies greatly from rider weight so i'll show you that one like so watery so with the moon mm. all blue and purple she's almost wearing like a gymnast or an acrobat outfit is how i see it oh i see i see i see
0: for for a second i thought the ring was like go, like part of her hat
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. no i understand now it's a separate pillow which i also love that the pillars are have like almost these like gears turning in them is how i see it like under the cloche yes it's like a mechanical gear and i love that she is doing this floating dancing swaying in front of one of the pillars yeah like she transcends the authority that was Shove down our throats. She's yeah. her own authority. And I love that.
0: Also, like side boob. Side boob. Yes. Like
1: she's giving. Right. Come on now.
0: I do love a more free form, yeah. like interpretation of the High Priestess because the traditional writer, Wayne Smith, and like any Marseille, is like she's sitting, she's very put together. It's like, oh, it's a bit more palatable yep. than like a more free, a little bit more of a sensual depiction which, like you, I enjoy.
1: (laughs) They tell you while you're young, girls go out and have your fun, and then they hunt and slay the ones who actually do it. You're so right. I actually have one more image I want to talk about. It's from the Golden Age of Horror tarot deck by Bobby's Tarot Decks on etsy i love the idea that there's just this man like creating tarot imagery from his home that like has no idea that i promote him on this podcast every single week but this is a bus and deck like it's so good and he has like it's not exclusive to creepy things he has a golden age of romance i think he has a Ooh. sci-fi one like if you're into any like 50s pop art like magazine style artwork look at his shop gorgeous that's fun and he's he doesn't just print the decks like he makes some of the cards into like car air fresheners and like other stuff so like if you're into the image you could get a lot of cute stuff highly recommend and very affordable this deck was $30 it's a full 78 card deck yeah I was like slight. anyway That's dope. I also appreciate that you can get it in this size. This is in poker card size, and it makes it easy for me to shuffle. But you can get it bigger as well. Anyway, this high priestess very much speaks to how I view the whole, like, loyalty, truth, good, bad thing. Because we have this beautiful, like, Marilyn Monroe-esque woman. There's a skeleton hand holding a glass like a like a wine glass Mm. in front of her face and the face, the part of her face that's not obscured by the glass is her, beautiful, like whatever. And then the part of her face that he's looking at through the glass is a skull, like yeah. evil, like whatever, darkness. So I personally really like this image. I would hang that up in my house as a poster. That's one of my favorite images of his deck. So I really like That's amazing.
0: Her. That's amazing. That's such a good high priestess. Yeah
1: it's 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 fun so i definitely wanted to mention that one too that's amazing good stuff i
0: have okay i did want to mention the high priestess from my wild unknown tarot like i do love it i think it's beautiful it's a tiger Mm -hmm. and there's like a little crescent moon in the otherwise dark sky and it has basically like a crystal ball in front of it but it's the like Teal and purple tie dye that is like very traditional for the High Priestess, which it's funny because I guess that's not in Rider Waite Smith, but like every other depiction of the High Priestess goes with a teal and purple. Color scheme?
1: Yeah. Very strange. To be fair, there's like no purple in the rider weight, barely at all. Right. So maybe they just did the best they
0: could with like the blue. Did their best. (laughs) Pamela Coleman Smith didn't have any purple paint. (laughs) I
1: don't think she did. (laughs) That's fair. Can I just say I'm so fucking annoying, Alyssa, I'm sorry, but can I just say I was re-watching your like Marseille TikTok video the other day, Mm -hmm. or yesterday. And oh my god, the way that the whole thing is just primary colors. Yeah. Oh, I love It's cool, right? I was so aesthetically pleased. It's like, yeah, like red, yellow. Yeah. Which like, Pamela Coleman Smith's artwork does carry that vibe like a little bit like it is very blue red yellow and Rider Waite that's but... fair there it's just it's the it's more the full
0: color spectrum true like that Marseille is like black lo- and white lines
1: yeah and then
0: like red yellow and blue and that's, and that's it, it. Yeah. yeah which is kind of cool
1: yeah but I can't say there's a lot of purple in Rider Waite yeah it's true
0: but you you get your browns you get your greens yeah course. But yes, so this tiger with its crystal ball and... That's so, like, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Love the imagery, right? He's he's a good little boy. But what I thought was crazy when I, like, resaw this card after doing my little readings today was that when I was reading Rachel Pollack's interpretation in 78 Degrees of Wisdom mm-hmm. of this card, she talks about how, like, the high priestess is a tiger, waiting to pounce, like and I'm like, that's insane because there's obviously no tiger imagery in the card. Yeah. For like Rachel Pollock to make that conclusion and the author of the stack to make that conclusion unless they unless she read this book before making it which,
1: Unless they schemed together To put it out
0: <laughs> I mean right there's there's certainly a chance Like Rachel Pollack's 78 Degrees of Wisdom is a very popular Tarot book and it was published well before this deck So like yeah. I'm not saying that's impossible But I do think that that's a really really cool, cool connection. connection And way to think about the high priestess Is that like you know she's often depicted as very passive but with the tiger energy it's like can be activated
1: well and that's a more empowering view of patience right because Mm. for someone like me and again this is something that Alyssa is lucky enough to not understand but patience for me feels like giving up yeah absolutely feels like I I do understand that you're better at not um like giving into it I've I've had you know
0: I've had a couple more years to cultivate it sure I I have an unfair advantage (laughs)
1: Uh, she also acts like she's a fucking grandma like I'm 25 she's 28 almost 29 just just give yourself credit 29 not
0: old either I know but I really do think that it's it's an important four years and I really have had more time to like you know practice those things like you said yourself you feel like you snapped into consciousness when you hit 25 which was a couple months ago baby girl this is your first day Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely my original point it's a more empowering take on patience to be like I'm doing this on purpose because patience can be waiting for the right moment Yeah, Patience can be, instead of, you know, comforting your need to get it done now. Yeah. You're waiting for the moment to also be right for everyone else involved. Yeah. And that's something I hate to do. Just because, like, I either can't, don't want to, or don't feel like I deserve the discomfort. Mm -hmm. I, you know, if I need to do something, I just like need to do something, unfortunately, even if it's inconvenient, re me quitting most of the jobs I've ever had. But like, you know what I mean? Like I, cause I see having the patience as giving in and I see it as like that 10 of swords moment, surrendering. Just like a lot of situations for me, patience just means well, just sit and wait, and you, like, stop caring that much.
0: Right, or, like, ignoring... Your feelings, pushing them down, like abandoning right. yourself.
1: To, to like not do the thing that yeah. you're being so called in your inner self to do. So I love the idea that patience can be a strategy instead of a sign of defeat. Yeah. And I would love to kind of practice that in my yes. own life because I've never been able to think about it like that before.
0: Yeah. And like, right, I love that being represented by a tiger yeah. because like those big jungle cats, they don't, they're not running all the time. They're not yeah. running around all the time. Not, right. And like you have a house cat, you know, 20 fucking two hours out of the day, that motherfucker sleeping. is sleeping because they're saving their energy for when they need a burst to hunt. When they need to play ball go round. exact For when they need to play ball go round. <laughs> when they need to play with a laser pointer. <laughs> when they need to get a Temptations treat. Exactly. And so, yeah, that, that's such a good representation of like being intentional about your action energy. And the insight that the high priestess gives you to be able to be intentional.
1: That's right
0: About your action energy Love that cat Love that cat And then I don't I have some really beautiful images of the High Priestess I don't think anything particularly Adds Adds anything to my interpretation I like The High Priestess from the light seer deck I do enjoy It has like these little white dots There's like kind of these like teal curtains on either side of her And then in the middle It's like this pink purple galaxy Kind of feeling But it very much feels like a channel Like the way that you mm-hmm. look at it Like she And then there's these little white dots that, like, go down in, like, kind of into her head and, like, come out on either side. So it's very much, like, giving me the vibe of, like, channeling information, taking in information and being able to share out information. Like, Mm -hmm. her face is very calm and serene. I love it.
1: You know, I, I'm gonna point out something interesting. I, I almost said at the beginning of this episode that I felt like Pamela Coleman Smith's artwork should, like for the context of the Rider Waite deck and like the meaning of the card, should have sun symbolism on it because of like the balance and the integration of all these things. And then on that version of the High Priestess, the way that the moon is sitting on her head is turned into what we normally, like, see as the masculine position. Like, when the crescent the yeah. moon shape is like that, it's, like, the horned god. And then when it's on the side with the other moon phases, like, the rider weight, it's the triple goddess.
0: So, it's literally so funny that you say that. Mal was talking and I, like, immediately started pulling a book out because in the tarot history symbolism and divination by Robert M. Place Mm -hmm. he says that in the golden dawn system this card is associated with the moon and we find a large crescent at the priestess's feet yet she also has a solar cross on her breast Mm -hmm. so the cross is supposed to represent the sun essentially Okay. so like yeah you were right Uh she literally does have both of those I should have said it earlier that's amazing don't ignore your intuition kids and he says this suggests Suggests that she is the woman clothed in the sun Standing on the moon Which is an image of the Madonna Found in Revelation 12-1 So that's that Virgin Mary Association as well Mm -hmm. That's awesome
1: Alyssa this is such a delicious (laughs) Meaty episode Like how could it
0: not be with the high priestess Yeah she's thick
1: Yes She's um
0: She's substantial You know I do (laughs) Fuck yeah she's uh she's there's a lot to her hit me up if you're
1: substantial
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited i like oh i'm i'm excited to post this episode i love mm-hmm. when i when we posted um for the moon, we did like I did the little poll on social media mm. of like how do you interpret this card? I want to do that with her too. No, I want to do that with every episode. Honestly. I want to like I want to know what do the people think?
1: I want to know, and I'm extra excited for like these polarizing major major cards.
0: Yes, especially.
1: like
0: especially ones that we have different takes on because like yeah. that's so interesting. I
1: know this. W- I feel like this was our most probably debatey episode like ever yeah like how interesting is it gonna be to like get other people's opinions too Yeah. especially ahead of us like releasing it oh my
0: gosh yes we have to it's so fucking fun we have to get the tea
1: this is a great card this is a fun card. I love her. You love and her.
0: And just, you know, I, I can't have the High Priestess episode without saying, just so everyone knows, it is fully within my plans for this lifetime to get a High Priestess tattoo. Yes. She's my girl. I need her on my body. I can't wait.
1: It's going to be so good.
0: I just, this energy is, like, everything that I want to be, everything that I strive to be. I wake up in the morning and I say, give me that High Priestess. Even when it, my right. spirit guides are like, maybe could you – Connect with a different energy. I'm like shh, we're connecting with the high priestess. Yeah. Speak your
1: truth.
0: (laughs) You heard it here first. Alyssa ignores her spirit
1: guides. (laughs) That's such funny merch. To be like I heart ignoring my guides.
0: Just sometimes, whatever. We were meant to live this life. Yeah. You know, we weren't meant to do it perfectly. Sure. We came here to be fucking human. It's about the journey.
1: Well, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. And we are keeping it real and rolling on to the next one. We're doing a double recording day. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry for you. You won't get that next episode until next
0: week next week be but excited though hell yeah all right thank you so much enjoy your
1: week see you next tuesday
0: thanks for listening
1: to keep up with the arcane dames you can find us on instagram
0: tiktok or
1: consider joining our patreon
0: we'll see you next time bye, bye.